What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Golly Dating 101 podcast. And I've been telling you guys for a few weeks now that we have a guest coming up. And it's because um, today's guest has been avoiding me for quite some time. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. No, 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 no. We're trying to get things organized. Um, but definitely have a great guest in store for you guys today. So for all of you tuning in just because you want to hear Kirby speak, please still decide to subscribe and leave a good review. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, but today's guest, we have... Um, her name is Kirby Kelly. Um, it's going to take me a while to get used to it. I'm, I'm, I'm used to Minnick. Uh, but newlywed, um, she's a teacher. She travels and speaks to young ladies all around the country, all types of events. So she's always ministering to young people. And I thought this would be perfect because I used to get the idea to start a podcast because of Bought and Beloved. So this podcast has been no going way. on for about two years. I know, right? You know, so I got the idea um, behind people like her ministering. And I thought this would be a great thing. So it's perfect that I managed to get her on the the podcast so guys want to give a shout out make sure you guys are all following subscribing to her channel all those things but kirby thank you for joining in thanks for having me i promise i was not avoiding you it's just it's just been one of those things where it's been like a schedule thing or like miscommunication but i'm so glad that we're doing this and i didn't i didn't realize that my podcast like helped spurred you on in the podcasting realm because i know you've been uploading pretty consistently i see when you post on instagram and everything about the episodes that you're doing so this is really cool to be on here yeah i don't i don't do a great job of giving people their flowers ahead of time so while you are here kirby thank you for your ministry even if you thought it only impacted young ladies it impacted me as well so definitely doing a great thing in all the episodes that i've heard um so she's our first guest in a long time and you know i think this is a subject that she'll be talking about from either her own experiences what the word of god says but this is something that a lot of young people deal with especially our younger generation because we tend to feel as though we don't know who we can lean on in regards to this um you know so we definitely I definitely want to open up the, the conversation today because I believe sexual sins is one of the biggest biggest issues in the church today. And I feel as though it's because we're, we tend to be silent. We don't know how to handle it. The adults, they don't want to admit maybe they've fallen into the sin and they don't want to, you know, open up about their insecurities, you know. But what are your thoughts on, you know, in general on navigating a lifestyle of purity in a culture that you would say is sex craved. I, I think is a sex crazed culture. So what do you yeah. say to young people that are trying to navigate that and live for God in this society today? Mm-hmm. Well, I completely agree with you that, you know, because of the sexual revolution that happened a little while ago, um, especially back in like the 70s, 80s, and even more so now with just everyone making it so... Um, normalized to just live this life that is liberating if you're you know sexually promiscuous and dipping your toes in all these different ponds and everything right not to put shame on anybody but it's like that's what's normalized in our culture and i think part of that is a response to maybe the the cons to purity culture that we've seen in the past with the church Mm -hmm. which i think purity is a good thing it's a biblical thing um but i also see people embracing it because it's it's just what their flesh wants it's what their flesh desires and it's real like coming from a christian it's real it's so real that we have these um inclinations or these desires but it's okay how do i look at this thing that i'm feeling as a christian because we all go through it we all walk through it we're human it's like how do i understand this thing in the right light so I don't feel dirty when I when I have a desire or when I when I feel a certain way. It's like how do I get that under control but at the same time view it in a way that's not 
demonizing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like that's even something that I've had to process through and think through. And I think when we understand what purity is, it's not just, okay, I'm waiting till marriage. Although I do think sex is for marriage between a husband and a wife. Right. Um, it truly is an all-around lifestyle of holiness, of setting apart everything unto the Lord. Understanding why sex was created for marriage is a part of that, as well as taming the tongue, as well as walking in a way of purity, as well as thinking in a way of purity in, mm-hmm. in all regards. But um, if we're just talking you know, sexually, um, yeah, purity, I think it's a beautiful thing. It not only brings glory to God, but it protects us. It um, honors our future spouse, but there is, and I want to stress this for everybody listening who struggles with this or has fallen into sin in the past or is sinning currently right now, um, that there is redemption for you right. and that you don't have to wallow in shame and feel like it is the, you are the worst person in the world because that is so not true. Like there is just as much freedom for you, forgiveness for you, redemption for you mm-hmm. as there is for anybody else across the board and right. so my approach to the conversation of purity um and just freedom from sexual immorality is your you you can be fully forgiven and freed and empowered by the holy spirit to over, overcome this so, yeah one yeah. of the things that i've noticed growing up is that we were only told don't have sex right mm-hmm. um if you guys see me looking back and forth it's because my camera's in front of me and kirby is to my right so it's kind of confusing <laughs> me um but we were just told don't have sex before marriage and it was just like mm-hmm. okay don't sin don't sin don't sin don't sin and that's all you were hearing to the point yeah. that it made it seem like sex itself was the sin not necessarily yeah. fornication not the perversion none of those things it was just sex is a problem so getting married it was just like you expect us to just flip a switch and now we, we, we view the thing as holy and we view it as something great. You know, so I feel as though, like you mentioned, with purity culture, while being pure is what we should strive for, it kind of it was shaped in such a wrong way that we never really truly understood how to appreciate what God's gift to marriage was, but we we viewed it as a problem. And I think that's what led to a lot of people, you know, when they experienced that for the first time and they enjoyed it. They're just thinking like, no, nah, I'm not going to listen to what the church says. You know, it just led to people yeah. either rebelling or just doing whatever they want because they felt as or though they were shackled. Like God hates them. You right. know, it's like, I feel good because of this. God hates me. Like, right. that's the conclusion they jump to, you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's going way far left field. You know, unfortunately, that's the that's the case. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what's your what what do you say to a young person who feel as though, man, I just keep hearing don't do this, don't do this, but all my friends are doing it. So what do you say to that young person, whereas they see that it's common and they may even see it's common with friends in the church and they're trying their best to save that for marriage. So what do you say to that young person? Just because you see it in culture doesn't mean that it's good. Just because you see people in the church making excuse for it doesn't mean that God makes allowance for that. Right. And at the end of the day, it's like we have to know God's word and not just the what, which is, you know, you know, don't have sex until marriage or whatever else could be categorized under the umbrella of sex or sexual normality or sexuality or whatever. But we need to know the why, because mm-hmm. when we know the why, like, OK, why are you doing this or why should I not do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we understand the why we we understand God's heart more for us. Yeah, it's not just 
don't do this because I don't want you to and because I'm trying to put limitations on you and blah, 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 blah. But when we actually understand the purpose, like you were saying, that God made it for marriage, well, why did he make it for marriage? Even looking at it physically and chemically and spiritually and emotionally, right. like how our bodies actually react to this thing um, when when we have sex with another person, it's just, it's mind-blowing why God made it for marriage because mm-hmm. of the unity that it brings. Exactly. Uh, like when we can step back and really look at the why behind the what, I think that gives us um, a right perspective when it comes to living a life that is set apart unto God. Mm-hmm. So that's that would be, you know, my encouragement to anybody out there is really get into God's word and, and analyze and look for the why behind the what, because that will, I think, help you to have more grounding in your footing to not be shaken when you see other Christians making excuse or the world making excuse for things that go against what God says is good for us. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned to know the why. And I feel as though a lot of people, we, we, we're, we're so easy to become Pharisees and all that because we understand the letter of the law, not the heart behind it. You know, so we will obey, but we don't know the reason why we're obeying. We just don't want to go to hell. We'll, we'll follow all the instructions um, because of obedience, but not because our hearts are submitted. You know, so I think it's very easy to, like you said, to, to not understand why. But if we ever understood the why behind why God said certain things, then Eve wouldn't be having a conversation with the serpent saying, you know, it's yeah. going to be a fruit that's good for the eyes, good for eating, is going to make me wise. If she understood the reason behind, like, okay, well, I know you heard you'll surely die, but there's a lot more that goes alongside that, but you never yeah. understand it. And unfortunately, that's normally what, you know, what the case is when we, when we, under, when we obey just out of obeying, but it, we have to understand God's heart behind why he does what he does. Um, so I definitely think you, you said it right um, with that. So I'll give a few questions that I want you to ask before we let you go on about your day. All right. So one of the biggest issues I found in the church is that many don't realize when they've crossed the line already into sin, you know, mm-hmm. I, I guess you end up in fornication, you end up in adultery, you end up on that site you shouldn't be watching, you end up touching things you shouldn't be touching. And that's when we repent. That's when we say sorry. But what are some ways for you to notice the triggers before you commit that sin? Or what are some things for you to notice? Um, well, before I made that mistake, what is it that God wants us to see before we get to that point, ultimately? I love that question because I have a friend named Atika, Atika Wright. Well, she just got married, so I need to look up her new last name. But um, she made a TikTok uh, or an Instagram post a while back about boundaries, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind. It was one of those things where I was like, why didn't they teach me this <laughs> on a Wednesday night youth group service? Yeah. Like, they taught me a lot of great things. I had a very healthy view of sex, and um, it wasn't, you know, I- I'm very grateful for how I grew up in the church. But... Uh, she was talking about how, like, kind of like you were saying with the with a boundary or, you know, we cross the line and it's like, oh, no, I had sex. I violated a boundary. And it's like a boundary should be put in place so far from the place mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the worst place you could be or whatever you want to say um, that when and if you were to fall over it or cross it, you would still be safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we need to instill. And I wish something was instilled in me and I heard because I think I would have had a better understanding in my own life of, okay, wh- what does a boundary look like for me? Right. Because I hear people saying, well, is kissing bad? Is doing this bad? Is holding hands bad? And it's like, you know, we have to look at 
what God's word says, what he defines as sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. And we need to define for ourselves, okay, how far do I need to back this up personally that if I were to cross a boundary that I know, hey, I shouldn't, I would still be okay. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have completely violated what God says is good, you know, but a, a verse that has really helped me personally when it comes to sin and even just sexual immorality, because we all struggle with that, like to some degree, I think many of us do, is Matthew chapter 5, verses 29 through 30. And I'll mm-hmm. read it briefly. It says, uh, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away, uh, for it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body to be thrown in hell. Yeah. Little, little, little intense but then it goes on to say and if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away for it's better for you to lose one of your members uh than your whole body to go to hell and it goes on i think to talk about cutting off your foot in the next verse or whatever but the bible is not telling us to literally cut off our limbs let me just preface that but what it is saying or insinuating is you know what are the things that are leading us into sin you know those are the boundary lines like what are we looking at that's causing us to sin our eyes what are we reaching for that's causing us to sin our hands our feet what what territory are we walking into or what are we walking towards that's ultimately going to end up in us sinning right we need to identify those things and we need to cut that out we need to like if it's watching pornography like maybe you need to set up software on your computer and your phone or have certain sites blocked and have a friend do it to where they only know the password. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you need to completely fast from technology and you just mm-hmm. need to bite the bullet and do it because at the end of the day, is that an idol? Like, can you not give up yeah. your phone? Um, maybe it's like drinking alcohol and hooking up. Okay, well, are you going to parties? Are you continuously reaching for the phone and calling that person to go hook up with them when you're feeling lonely? Like, what boundaries can you set? Or even materialism, like spending money. Okay, maybe you just need like $50 cash in your pocket and that's that's your budget for the week and you have to put that credit card somewhere else. Like, we need to set up boundaries and understand the things that are leading us. So everybody listening, backtrack for a second and think about what is getting me to that point and how can I take action steps to cut things out um, and to substitute that with uh, stepping into God's territory, the word, Mm -hmm. looking at the things of God, consuming stuff that will glorify uh, the the spirit instead of gratify the desires of the flesh. Um, Where are you stepping? Who are you hanging out with? Like, we really need to get strategic with substituting the things of this world for the things of God, especially if it's an area of habitual sin in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, let, let me put the applause in the background because, man, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the way you um, worded the, the boundary is something I never really looked at it as. You said, you know, the line should be far away so that even if you stumbled over the line, you're still not close to the sin. You know, and I think mm-hmm. we have a bad habit of setting our boundary line right next to the sin. Like Lot, you know, he sets his, he pitches his tent, the Bible says, right near Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like, dude, you're right beside it. Eventually you end up in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, but a lot of times we make that mistake. Whereas like uh, my pastor would say, if you know that the temptation is on 56th street, you shouldn't be walking on 55th, you know, taking a a nice little breeze. Like, no, you should be all the way on 20th because you're super far away from the temptation. But unfortunately, that's how we look at it. We look at it as though, well, as long as I'm not doing this, it's, it's, you know, it's perfectly fine. But Jesus said, Matthew 5 and 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And I don't believe that many of us are content being pure in heart. We're content being pure in our actions. 
Well, God should be pleased because I didn't have sex. God should be pleased because I, I didn't do this. Or God should be pleased because me and my boyfriend, me and my girlfriend weren't doing that. And it's like, but what was your heart doing? You know, were the boundaries established, like you said? Whereas even if the thought came, you didn't have yourself in that environment for you to go all the way. You didn't have yourself in that position to make that mistake, you know? And like I mentioned in a previous podcast about a couple, a week or two ago, we normally repent of the big sins. We, we think that God is upset when you commit fornication, but he's not upset over the nudes that you were sending. He's not, oh, God is upset because we're in adultery, but we don't think that he was uncomfortable with that conversation we were having before that. It's like, it's a lot of things that lead up to it, you know, and I think David's issue wasn't just the fact that he fell into sin with Bathsheba, but the Bible mentions he was supposed to be at war with the rest of the men. So if we're out of alignment with where God wants us, I think that allows us to easily get our eyes on something we shouldn't have been looking at or easily gets us too comfortable that we don't realize we're slipping, you know, until it's too late. And now we're in, we're with Bathsheba. Now we have to cover up the sin. Now we have to have a guy killed. Now we have to, and it's like a slippery slope once you're just mm-hmm. simply out of alignment. So I think you mentioned it uh, perfectly when you said, you know, where the boundaries should be set up because too often, even if we do have boundaries, they're just not clear enough or mm-hmm. they're just... We're, we're too casual with it. You know, okay, well, I didn't sin yeah. today, but we're not really being intentional with that. So this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My question to you would be, because there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this episode that I'm not going to say they have to break up with who they're dating, but most times you do, you know, you can tell when it's a mistake or a pattern. I think there's a huge difference, Mm -hmm. but what do you say to those people who are already in that relationship, already in sexual sin, and now they're aiming to come out of it? What's your advice to those people? Hmm. Like coming out of it in terms of breaking off that relationship or coming out of the place of habitual sin? Either or. What are your thoughts on if they're, you know, you can tell that the person is not going to end that sin or you can tell that they want to end that sin and keep the relationship yeah. going, going. What are your thoughts on either both sides? Cause both of those people are listening. Yeah. It's so true. Well, if the person that you're with refuses to understand your boundaries um, and the boundaries that you want to put in place that honor God, I'm not going to say I would question if they're a Christian or not, but I would really, really analyze if they are, truly wanting to walk with the lord you know like do they genuinely are they genuinely on board with you of like yeah we do need to honor god with this decision even though it's going to be hard even though i'm not gonna like it because once you get a taste of it it is hard it is so hard to step back from that because it is a beautiful and powerful and wonderful thing um but if they are not willing my friend i would at least take a break from that relationship so you can focus on things that God is calling you to so you can have better clarity for whether that relationship is worth it or not because if they are going to bring you into sin like if they are willingly saying no like I still want to do this and they're not respecting your boundaries Mm -hmm. friend why are you with them because how are they going to respect your boundaries in any other place especially sex but any other place if you were going to go into a marriage but 
for the person that, you know, you and your boyfriend or you and your girlfriend have struggled with this and, um, you know, you both really want freedom from this. The first thing I would encourage you to do is you need to be vulnerable. Like you need to be vulnerable with someone in your life about the sin that you've been in, because if you let it fester in the dark, like it's just gonna, it's just gonna stay there and that's going to be toxic. It's going to be like mold. And who knows if that's going to, you know, come back up again in the relationship. When you bring it to the light, you might feel like, oh, we're going to be shamed for this, which might have happened in the past, but that's what the enemy wants us to think is when I bring it to the light, I will be shamed. But the reality is, is that when we bring it to the light, there's freedom in the light. And the enemy does not want us to walk in freedom. He wants to keep you in bondage and in sin, especially in a relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. But if we bring it to the light and you set up clear boundaries between you and that person and you have other accountability partners consistently checking in on you with, hey, how did this week go? And you have to be honest with them on if it was a good week or a hard week or a a week of struggle or a week of fault or whatever. You need to have people in your life that will hold you accountable, speak life into you um, and hold you to that standard lovingly, you know, not shamefully, but lovingly and and with correction. Uh, You got to be real about that. Like you need to define for yourself. What are the boundaries? Take it a few steps back. It might seem ridiculous, but like, if you can't at least go back to the basics, you will like there is safety from like the like the guidelines like going all the way back. There is safety right. back. It's like why why would we not do that? Like why would we not go all the way back if you truly want to to see freedom in that area of your life? So you need you need to pray for discernment on whether you need to break up with that person and truly get right with the Lord on your own, or if you truly feel like this is something that you know we we are committed to each other, we want to be together. Yeah, we've made mistakes. You bring bring mentorship into that, bring light into that, because that is how we'll see freedom from an area that God tells us to run from if we yeah. are stuck in. So it's like you got to have people around you if you're going to continue in that relationship and i mean that's i think that's the wisest thing to do if you do want to maintain that relationship is bringing mentorship in and being vulnerable truly being vulnerable about where you guys have been i think one of the the difficulties people find in that is because we've all longed so much for our independence or our ability to say i'm grown or i know what i'm doing I love God. Stop overthinking. We're grown. We, we, you know, and we always assume we have it under control until we don't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think, I think you made that perfectly clear uh, because a lot of people, they struggle with accountability, Ben, because I think it's a trick of the devil. Like the Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Um, that shows us that many of us are not healed because we won't lean on other people. Many of us are not healed. Many of us are not delivered. Many of us are struggling with sins because the people that know how to get out of that sin, the devil doesn't want you to talk to them. He wants you to feel as though you got this on your own. Don't worry, man. Church people are going to judge you. And I tell this story all the time. There was one time I was sending uh, a message, whereas it was a long drawn out message about why I had to stop talking to this girl. And I made a mistake of copying that as a godly dating 101 and pasting it in the caption detailing all of my struggles on why we can't talk anymore. And I was so confused with why hundreds of DMs came in, hundreds of comments. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Y'all praying for me? Don't give up. Here, um, you know, this and that. And I was looking at it like, did I do something? You know, did somebody like, you know, say something about me? Only to realize that I embarrassed myself. I put it as my caption, but 
and, and while I did delete the caption, <laughs> you know, it kind of it kind of sat with me because in my head I was expecting everyone to unfollow, everyone mm-hmm. to to bash me, everyone to say, ah, you see another church hypocrite. I was expecting everyone to look down on me, but in reality, so many people stood up to be accountable to me, let me know they're praying for me, let them let me know they're supporting me. And I feel as though a lot of times we don't realize that the devil wants you to believe there's no unity in the body. There's yes. always some judgmental person out there. We get it. There's always going to be somebody who has something to say. But at the end of the day, there are people that do care about you, people that do want to see you grow, people that don't want to see a relationship fail. Um, but for anyone who's struggling with finding people to lean on, there's outside of dealing with you know your past and your peers, I do want to give a shout out to BetterHelp. Because I believe that Christians need to prioritize speaking with therapists, counselors, paid professionals that are trained to help you deal with the trauma that you may have in your past, Um, all these types of issues. There are plenty of times where I didn't feel comfortable talking to a friend, but I did know there was someone I could reach out to. And I know therapy gets a bad rep, but it's for your healing. You know, God gave these people that ability for us to lean on. So I want to tell you guys about BetterHelp because BetterHelp is definitely a a very easy um, for you to go to, very cheap, very good resource. You know, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Godly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly. And in regards to what Kirby was saying in regards to breaking free from that temptation, I want you guys to understand Psalms 119 verse 9. It says, how can a young person stay pure? The Bible asks a question and then it answers it by obeying your word. (laughs) I feel as though it's so common for Christians to not study the word, men to, you know, kind of be passive when our spiritual growth. A lot of women, they think that the man, because he's the head of the home, that he should be knowing everything spiritually. And it's like... That's not what God intends. Individual walk. You know what I mean? He wants each and every last one of us to be able to be diving into our word. And that's why it's great that we have a woman on here who's a great teacher, um, you know, about some of the things of God that I've heard. So I want you to say, what are some ways that either you've broken free from it or what are some ways that you recommend that they break free from sexual temptation or from the the guilts of the past, you know, past shame and things of that nature? Really good question. One verse that's really encouraged me um, or has kind of given me perspective into it is from Galatians, Galatians 5. Um, and I have it here because I, I had a feeling that I would share it. But Galatians five sixteen, um, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Right. And then it goes on to say in verses um, 19 through 23, it talks about the the works of the flesh and then it goes on to the fruit of the spirit and then it ends again with verse 25 saying if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the spirit so i think that's a key thing to seeing freedom in your life especially if you are a christian and i don't want to bring condemnation to anybody here who's listening today you know if you're not a christian I encourage you to become one, to believe in Jesus, that he died for your sins. But um, especially to the Christian, we are held to this standard. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to honor God with our bodies and glorify him. I'm not here to bring shame to anybody who doesn't hold that worldview. Um, But 
if you do, I want to encourage you as to why um, and how to. And how to is by walking in step with the Spirit. When we uh, have a relationship with God, when we are when we are in union with God, we have the gift and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit to help us. We can rely on him. We can depend on him when we are weak, when we just can't do it. We have to call on the name of the Lord. Yeah, we need to store up uh, the word in our heart. We need to meditate on the word. We need to memorize the word and be able to call upon that whenever we are struggling with any sin, especially sexual sin. But we also, as much as there is um, truth in the word. We also need the spirit because that's proper worship, spirit and truth. Right. We need to be able to keep in step with the spirit, the convictions that he gives us, the commands that God gives us um, and call upon him when we are weak. And like yeah. that's stuff that I've had to do. I've had to keep in step with the spirit and say, no, I, I can't. I can't listen to these things. I can't focus on these things. I have to keep in step with what God is calling me to do by knowing mm-hmm. his word and knowing who God is and the convictions of the Holy Spirit within me, as well as as I referenced earlier, cutting off the things that are leading me into sin. When right. I'm looking at what I'm what I'm reaching for, where I'm walking towards, where I find myself, it's like I need to really analyze what I've been doing and where I've been and take action steps towards that. Because like as much as the Holy Spirit will empower you, you also play a part in this. Um, and then the last thing is continuously remembering God's love and his grace and his forgiveness. Um I think a story that has really encouraged me in scripture, just in times where I've been like, man, God, I have messed up in this area. Like I have crossed a boundary. I have done something stupid. I have looked at something I'm not supposed to look at. Like I have talked to someone I wasn't supposed to be talking, like whatever, whatever it is, there's no condemnation here. But a story that has really helped me in scripture, a true account uh, is in John 8, chapter one through 11. And that's the woman caught in adultery. And I love it. I love that story. It's brought me so much freedom because in reading it, as as we know, for those of you who have read it, this woman's caught in adultery. She's dragged out by the religious leaders, might I add, um, the Pharisees. They catch this woman in the act of adultery. They bring her out there. They're like, Jesus, what are you going to do? The law says that we're supposed to stone this woman for doing this. Um, so are you going to do it or not? And Jesus being Jesus is so amazing and knows the law. And says, you know, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. Uh, they actually did not abide by the law. They were supposed to bring the man too. So there you go. But Jesus so lovingly was like, hey, like he's without sin, cast the first stone. They all walk away because they're with sin. Yeah. One, in their own lives. And two, in in this lawful thing that they're trying to do. Uh, but Jesus looks at this woman and he says to her, where are your accusers? And she looks around and she says, you know, they're, they're nowhere. I, I, I don't see them. I can't find them. And or, or however she words it. But um, he says to her, neither do I accuse you. And we have to remember. He continues to say, go and sin no more. Right. So we can't forget that part. Yeah. But he meets us with compassion before he calls us to this place of correction. Mm-hmm. He's not going to just look at you and judge you and say, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be doing this. But he yeah. looks at us and he says the first thing to this woman, I don't accuse you. Satan's the accuser. We have to remember in John three sixteen through 17, it says, you know, for God to love the world, he sent his one and only son to, to die for us. Right. But it goes on to say that um, he did not come to, to 
to condemn this world. He came to save this world. Mm -hmm. Like he has come to save us from the sin we are in, not to condemn us, finding us in, in our most shameful state, naked and thrown in front of everybody exposed. He does not come to condemn us in that moment. He comes to save us. He doesn't come to accuse us. He comes to meet us with compassion, grace, forgiveness, and transformation. Yeah. He wants to bring us out of that place and have us walk in newness, walk in what it truly means to be in the image of God, right? Like looking more like Christ. And I think that's really helped me in my journey is knowing that despite all the things that I've been through or even in moments where I've currently been in sin, it's like, you don't meet me with accusation. You meet me with compassion, but you do call me higher into a place of correction. And from that love, I, I am transformed and motivated to love you, God, with all that I am, including my mm-hmm. my sexuality and, and sex, you know? So I think that's helped me as well as the other practical things is knowing the heart of God, too. Amen. I mean, that, that, that would have been a perfect way to end it. But, uh, man, I wanted to ask one more thing. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> No, I'll that, try that, to keep that, this short. No, that was so good. Much. That was good. That was so good. Um, the, the last thing I'll ask you, though, um, because there are many people that do feel as though their past sins, uh, past sexual sin is going to hinder them from, from getting married. I've, I've had people come on here for um, counseling, whereas they're saying, well, I slept with someone before, and now this guy wanted a virgin, or this woman, she said she's a virgin, so she wanted a virgin, or they had a child out of wedlock. What do you say to those people who feel as though... I can't get married now or I can't find a godly husband or a godly wife now because of all of the the sin or shame from my past, the baggage from my past. What do you say to those people? Well, first off, I'm so sorry if someone's put that expectation on you um, because that's hard. That's really hard because it's like, well, I want to be with someone who's never gossiped before. (laughs) It's like, it's hard. (laughs) We all all sin. And like, even as I was growing up, I understood like, yeah, maybe my future spouse one day might not be um holding themselves to this standard like i am right now i don't know like i was i was prepared for that and i'm i'm thankful that i had that you know that mindset whereas some people don't and if you do have that mindset that's okay it's great to want those things but we have to be real that we live in a broken world yeah um but to anybody out there who has struggled with those things and and feels as though you will never be worthy for a good godly healthy relationship that's wrong like That is such a lie from the enemy because God is in the business of redeeming all things. And Mm -hmm. even on your wedding night, when you get to be with your spouse and I pray that you guys are able to, you know, restrain from those things and, and, you know, have boundaries and all those things. But whatever the case may be, when you get to that place of marrying a spouse who I pray truly loves the Lord and has a relationship with God, like you, God is going to honor that. God is able to redeem all things, wash all things. And I even think of yeah. our covenant with Christ. It's like, like we are known as the bride of Christ. And it's like, I've done crazy, stupid stuff, like sin in my past. But like, I'm still in a relationship with Jesus. Like he still loves me. Go read the book of Hosea. It's like, mm-hmm. if God can redeem me and be in a relationship with me through Christ, it's like, he can do that in, in a covenantal marriage. Cause that's a picture of Christ in his church. Don't think that just because you've sinned in one way, it disqualifies you from God loving you and blessing you with a marriage one day, potentially, if if he has called you to that and you meet the right person. Um, 
singleness isn't a bad thing either, friends. But right. um, yeah, I guess that would be my encouragement is knowing that like God, God is still he's not going to withhold a good thing from those who walk uprightly. Yeah. That's Psalm 84, 11. So you don't need to worry about that. Like walk and step with the spirit, walk with the Lord, have honest conversations when it's time to have honest conversations and be honest. If you're with someone that doesn't understand that or hasn't walked through that before, like if if that person ha- is waiting until marriage and they don't have that perspective that you have walk- from living a life of sin in that way, they they don't get it. They don't know. It's it's hard to conceptualize certain things if you haven't been in certain places. But provide them with understanding of this is where I was at. Like I was lost. I was broken. I was yeah. enslaved to these things. Like give them reassurance as well because they probably need that and they need time to process that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a conversation, an open ended conversation that I think needs to happen um, with grace and understanding from both sides. Right. So whether. Whether you're on either side, have grace, have compassion, have understanding, and give each other enough time to process those things. And the only thing I'll add to that is that we have to remember that a spouse is not a gift because of good behavior. And I think a lot of times, oh, well, I saved myself. So my spouse, you know, that means I must get married. And that means they must have been a virgin as well. And it's just like, that's not how God operates. You know, if God blesses you with the opportunity to be married, it's only because it's a gift from God. He that finds a wife, you know, if they found a good thing, you know, you get God's favor. But it's not a matter of he who was perfect, he who never slept with anyone. It has nothing to do with that. You know, we have to stop trying to earn God's blessings because we think that, you know, well, I'm spotless. So God, God owes me. God doesn't owe any of us anything. We're only owed wrath. (laughs) You know, we're literally, we only deserve deserve death. We only deserve, (laughs) you know what I mean? So please understand that none of us can earn that, that perfect marriage, you know, so we have to keep that in mind. And the last verse I'll just leave you guys with is Romans 8, 1, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who doesn't walk after the flesh, but you walk after the spirit. So our goal, like Kirby was saying, is you're just aiming not to gratify your flesh. Your aim is how do I honor God? And when you understand God's perspective and God's why, like she mentioned, then you understand, you know, his heart behind telling you to wait or his heart behind telling you to avoid certain things. Because if you don't, then you'll realize what the love of God was really trying to protect you from. A whole lot of things yeah. that you never really wanted to experience. Um, you know, So I definitely think this was an excellent podcast. Um, definitely appreciate your wisdom. I'll leave you with the last word before we close it up, though. Sweet. My last two words. The Go first ahead. thing I want to say is there is no condemnation in Jesus. And whoever is in Jesus is free indeed. Amen. And the second <laughs> thing I want to add that I forgot to say throughout the podcast is if you have ever experienced um, uh, anything sexual without your consent, if you were ever abused or if you were ever assaulted or anything terrible has happened to you and you feel shame from that, that is not from the Lord. You did not have a say in that. You did not have you know, a, ch- a choice in that moment, I'm assuming. And I just want you to know that the shame and the anxiety that you might be feeling around that God wants to free you from that. That is not from him. And it breaks his heart that that happened to you. And he wants to heal you from that. And he can heal you um, to, to not have that be a traumatic experience in the future as well. And so to anybody out there who might need that, because I know sex that so, so many people have had so many different experiences with that. And so to the person out there where this might be a hard conversation and there might be really terrible things attached to that idea um, and that act, 
just know that God can bring freedom and healing. Um, And vengeance is the Lord's. He's going to take care of that other person. But we pray that they come to repentance and forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, just just to anybody out there who might have trauma with that. that We see you. We hear you. We love you. God loves you. um, And there's freedom for you, not condemnation for you there. Well, there you have it. Now you see why she needed to be on the episode, guys. Um, Kirby, thank you so much for making the time. We appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Praying blessings for you and your your new your new spouse. It's been a, a year, two years now, but I mean, y'all still honeymooning, you know. So, oh, yeah. sh- shout out to them. Um, pray that you guys follow them. Check out the page. Um, and you know, especially if you're a lady, I'm sure you'll love the bottom be- beloved. Um, there you go. I, I, I'm gonna say beloved. You know, Jamaican. Sorry. That's okay. But- <laughs> Mark Kirby is a boss. Instagram. Kirby is a boss. You know, check her out on social media. I'll leave her information in the in the description box. But thank you again for joining us and we'll be seeing you guys next week. Peace.